Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 85, Going on a Word Journey. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have York as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Alex. Good to talk to you. Well, it's good to connect with you as well. York is also an Ottawa podcaster, which is a fantastic thing. I always love seeing local people starting podcasts, and this is the first time we interact. We've connected on Twitter, and now... We're speaking to each other as normal humans. That's what they usually do, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Normal, <laughs> normal earthlings uh, speaking to each other. Exactly. Pun, pun intended. Yes, earthlings. <laughs> speaking of which, uh, before we go into your social media links, who is York? Well, I am a writer, poet. I also dabble into some music as well. Been writing for for the past twenty five years, and also I'm the host of the Poetic Earthlings podcast. And on that note, do you have any social media links or websites that you'd like to share? And also podcasts, because you just mentioned Poetic Earthlings. So you got to tell me more about that and where can people find you? Okay. Well, I'm a host of the Poetic Earthlings podcast, poeticearthlings.com. And so that's where you find me. Poetic Earthlings is an audio drama slash short stories. And so, so the goal of it is to connect with people from all different walks of life. I, on my on my site, or I say for for the outcasts, for the misfits, for those for those type of people. So poeticearthlings.com, that's the best place to reach me. I'm also on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at poeticearthlings. That's my Twitter handle. So you could you could get a hold of me on on Twitter as well. That's perfect. I'll put all that information in the description below so people can come find you, follow you, support you. And I was listening to your podcast. You you put a lot of effort, like compared to <laughs> yeah. mine, like you put like sound effects and. There's all these like things that makes you involved into the podcast. I just have me talking and my wonderful guests who dominate the podcast episodes. <laughs> just if it was just yeah. them, I would just cut my voice out. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you're you do what you do in such an incredible way. I mean, you bring you bring the best out of people, as I said to you in one of my in one of my tweets. And, you know, that's the magic of what you do. When I when I started off my show, I didn't have any special effects. Everything was just done on my iPhone. I mean, it was just me literally talking in a closet on my iPhone, on my iPhone, just, just, just shouting things. <laughs> so, so, so from there I said, you know what? Okay. Uh, how can I develop? And so I got, I got some equipment. Uh, I took more notes than, 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 than what's warranted, I guess. And I just really uh, honed in and, and crafted my skill over time. But it was just me and an iPhone. You know what? You've grown so much and it's such enjoyable to listen to. Like you have a nice, relaxing voice and your stories are so good and it's so captivating. I love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Again, it, it did, did definitely take a while to find the right angle to figure out how all this is going to work. And then when it all comes together, it's, it's a good thing. And I just, I just really, want to, really want my stories to connect to people. And it definitely does. Now, today is not about your amazing podcast. Today is about being a novelist. Oh, yes, that's now, right. Now, we have to jump into that. So how did you actually get introduced to it? Because your podcast is related to that. So how did you get introduced to writing books or stories? Yeah, well, well, to cut to the chase a little bit, I was in, I was in a mall and there's these, there's these people next to me, senior citizens, the, a, a group of women talking about literature talking about writing and their love for books. So I, w- I heard them and I said, you know what? What about if I just joined their conversation just to figure <laughs> out what they're saying? And, and here I am. I mean, like, 
I, I mean, like, what do I have in association with, with these group of women? You know, I'm, I'm a black guy, yeah, a big black guy. And these are, and these are a group of, of senior citizens, white senior citizens, ladies, just talking about their love of writing. But, you know, then I said to myself, well, I belong into that conversation as well. It doesn't matter how I look like. I'm a writer. I, I love writing. I love books. And they, they're interested in books. So what I did is I, as I said, excuse me, uh, ladies, you, you you guys are talking about writing. So I just plot myself right there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, and then I started talking and then one of them, one of the senior citizens, she says, oh, she's also a writer. And she says, well, what about if you just bring your manuscript the next day here into the mall and I'll take a look at it. I have a publisher and if he likes it, you could, he could probably publish it for you. So I said, sure, why not? The next day or two days, I met her. She read it. She says, wow, I really love this. I think my publisher would like it as well. And so gave it to the gave it to her publisher. He liked it. We had a meeting. And then I guess the rest is history. The first book that was published uh, was Universe Splendor. And so Universe Splendor bleeds into the podcast as well, because excerpts from that book is also included in my stories on the show. That is so dope. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So it's just a matter of just saying, you know what, I these these group of women are talking. Uh, I had to go out of myself and say, you know what, if I make, <laughs> if I look foolish, or if I look awkward, that's okay because I love writing. They love writing, and so I plugged myself into the conversation. In that in that mindset, you probably had I have more to gain than to lose by just going into that conversation. That's pretty cool. And are you that's right. are you still in contact with these ladies? No, no, I'm not. Uh, one of the ladies, uh, she's an incredible, incredible uh, artist. She designed the cover of my book and also kind of have a poster of it as well. But no, unfortunately, no, I'm not in contact with, uh, with, with, with that lady anymore. But I mean, you know, everything that, she, that she's given to me, I, 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 I always cherish. And so it was, she was one of the biggest influences in terms of my writing. That's pretty cool. And hopefully before you lost contact with her, she knew about your podcast or just stumbled upon it and said, hey, uh, yeah. I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. That, that I, would be I, pretty cool. I hope so as well. You know, speaking about stumbling onto things, how I got involved in writing was when I was, mm-hmm. when I was about nine or 10 years old and I was writing stories in class and my teacher at the time, she typed it up for me. So I wrote the stories and she typed it. I was like, so recently... That same teacher, for some reason, she got a hold of me on on Facebook, and so really? I mean, just, yeah, just to paint the picture, I mean, this has been like over thirty years that I've been in contact with her. Uh, but she, but but she got a hold of me, and she says, "Oh yeah, I saw some of your stories online, and I'm I'm glad to see that you're still writing." And she's the same teacher that 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 typed up my stories and and helped me out when I was you know when I was when I was very young. So that's, that's pretty amazing how things just come around. And I would imagine you went to school in Ottawa. And if that's the case, that just goes to show how small the city is. <laughs> it is, but no, actually I went, I went to school in Toronto. Even smaller, small, small as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. And, uh, well, I'm glad there's all these like little stories you're throwing in of how it actually just kept you going. Like the teacher, the senior citizens at the mall. And it's just like, it's, it sounds in a way that it's destiny. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. You never, you never know what's going to happen, how a conversation is going to go from one place to another place. And, you know, that in itself is a story. <laughs> I write stories, but that's also, but that's also a story. And it's, and it's an, it's an adventure because you never know uh, the type of people that you're, that you're going to impact. 
with what with whatever hobby, with whatever interest you're going to do, and how that's going to come come back to you in the future. So I think that's pretty amazing. Kind of like this conversation we're having right now, and this whole charade or whatever this show I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, exactly. For you, what kind of like novels do you prefer to create? Do you prefer to create uh, sci-fi or more real life stories or historic? What is your style? Well, I prefer to create. I, I prefer to create stories that that delves into our interactions as, as people. Uh, now, what I mean by that, just to be more specific, I, I wrote a story, "The Universe Splendor." That's 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 a book that I wrote, and that deal that goes into sci-fi here and there. It goes into romance. It goes into it, it goes into human connection. But so it doesn't really for me. It doesn't really matter the. I the setting necessarily just as long as I could tell a really really good story. Some of some of the stories that I write are are really bizarre, really out there, like sci sci-fi. But I could take that same same element into a western. I could take the same element into it into whatever genre. It's it's really the people uh, that brings out the story. So 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 that's what I like to write about. Uh, it's it's the characters. And for these stories that you do create, how much is it influenced by real life? Let's say you have friends and family that are inspired and put into the stories, or is it more like just imagination? No one is related to the story at all. Oh no, it, it, it's 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 inspired by friends, it, inspired <laughs> by family. Like it, in fact, everything that I write now, when I sit down, I don't intentionally say, "Okay, I am going to write about this about my neighbor, and and he's going to be included <laughs> in the story." Or about my wife because she does this and she does that, so I'm going to write about her. But no, when I finish it, when I finish writing it, I look back and say, "Oh, wait a second, I was speaking about my son. I was speaking about my wife, or I was speaking about um, myself. I'm I'm sort of the villain in the story because now this sound this may be a little bit meta, and I'll try not to make it too meta. But when I when I write uh, the villains and the so-called heroes. I'm really talking about myself because sometimes I do, as we all do, uh, villainous things or shady things. We don't mean to, but that's just a part of what we do. And then also we are the hero in our own life stories. And so so after I write uh, particular stories or books, I could see myself included in some of those characters. You know, I just the stories are a little bit more uh, illustrious in terms of in terms of what the villain what the villains are pursuing and the heroes are pursuing but part of them is also in me as a writer the only exception probably is one of the books uh that i wrote it's a it's a thriller story it's not published yet but it's a thriller that takes place in 1984 or 1983 uh in 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 the south and it's it's, it's a whole bunch of rednecks <laughs> pretty much yeah uh, everyone in the story is rednecks and but that story was a little bit more outside of my comfort zone. That's so so interesting. And look, I just had a random question: How many stories have you created? And out of those stories, how many times have you included yourself in that story, whether it's consciously or subconsciously? Like, oh, that's me. I wrote over a thousand stories. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wrote over a thousand, uh, and probably. If I were to go back on them, 99% of them, I could find traces of me in it. I, you know, it's even, even if it's a diabolical character or the most loving character, 
Uh, there's traces of me somewhere in there. I think it's hard for a writer, an author, to not include that. It, it, some some do it intentionally, and that's fine. Uh, you know, that's great if they do that. But for my myself, I do it unintentionally, and it's there. It's it's there in a lot of other people's stories. Uh, they could find themselves. They could find their family and everyone else um, playing different roles. They, some people could find their wife or their husband playing the villain, <laughs> you know, uh, because somewhere because buried somewhere deep down in their subconscious, that's how they feel. Or you know, but we but we're all shades of light and shades of of of, of darkness at the same time. I could imagine that with all these novels or and stories you've created, a thousand, if you were to like put them all together, it would give you all of you 100 percent you right <laughs> you probably so yeah I, I think so you, you you could you could find a trace here and a trace there and then and then and then put them all together so sort, of, sort of like sort of like a jigsaw puzzle you know put them all together and to form to form one person and i always like to say that every every person doesn't matter if you're a writer or not we are we're, we're all autobiographies or everyone is everyone has an interesting life to tell yeah, so the best stories they come from from us just observing people and really paying attention, being very honest with ourselves. You know, where where else? Yeah, that's that's how you get the best stories from. Yeah, it's the genuine conversations, it's the genuine self reflection as well. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree with you. Yeah, that's right. And for you, so you you read these stories, and nowadays some people just write the stories on the computer, but some people prefer writing either on paper, and by paper they can even be like typewriters. So what is your preferred method for creating these stories? Most of my stories are wrote by hand. I, I, I feel that I'm more connected when I'm, when I'm writing on pen and paper. I, there's, there's some of them that I've, that I've typed up, the, the thriller novel that I did, but but a lot of them is just it's just by hand because I, it's, it I remember the stories better. I remember the characters. It feels more of an effort for me to to write it out, and then cross out my mistakes. And I could see that okay, I made a mistake here. What did I cross out? Oh, I, I crossed out this word. I crossed out this sentence. Oh, I, I, that's probably a good sentence. I may use that again. When you're typing, you don't really see. You don't really see your mistakes. You don't see your train of thought. Everything is clean. But when you're writing, things are messy, just like life is messy. You'll understand your emotions better. Like, wow, I was in a really dark place there. Look at all those errors. And I could probably use them again. So so in a nutshell, writing for me is is better overall, writing on pen and paper than it is typing things down. And if you don't mind me asking, could you walk me through the process of how you would come up, let's say, with a paragraph or a story? In other words, how many times would you rechange a line or remove a line, and how long would it take you to complete a story? Yeah, no problem. Like, I write, I write short stories as well, and and also and also full length full length novels. But if it's for a short story, it doesn't matter what it is. I I. I go into it and I think, well, what do I want to get out of this story? What do I want to put into it? First of all, I think, have I written a story like this before or heard a story like this? And if I have, that's okay. I don't say, well, I've already heard it before. I try to give it a different spin. I try to put myself into the story in a way like, what can, can I see different? How can I, how can I tell a simple story but make it in a, in a completely different way? Now, when I, when I actually sit down to write it, some writers they could they could write really really fast. I, I'm not one of those. I envy those type of writers that that could just type up a story really really quickly. Uh, for me, everything is a thought process. It's it takes 
it, it takes very long at times to write a paragraph because I don't want to just throw any words out there. I'm very meticulous. I, I look at di- different dictionaries as well. And I think, okay, am I, being, am I using the right word in the right context? I also, I think about the honesty. Am I being honest as a writer, even if I'm writing about a fictional world, uh, even if it's uh, even if it's a love story, whatever whatever it is, am I being honest? Am I being naked? Am I uh, is it, are, are people seeing the story for what it is? So there is different checks and balances that goes on. If I write poetry, I write a lot of poetry as well. If the poem sounds too good, too clean. <laughs> what I do, yeah, uh, and sometimes that's happened where, where where I write something and everything everything works, everything is just on point, but it's just too on point. It's too crisp. I so I go back in and I intentionally mess it up. I, I change the rhyming structure, and I sometimes I just don't make it rhyme. Or if or if if it's free verse and it's hitting all the points, I make it go a little bit off balance. So as you're reading it, you go, okay, everything is happening, everything's off, everything's on point. Then I just I intentionally throw myself for a loop because I don't like when it's too clean. I like sometimes when I get a little bit confused and then not sure where I'm going. And then all of a sudden I find the right door, like, oh, I go through this way. So it so what I do is I mess up the story. I break it down. I throw something that's very, very difficult. Even if I'm writing a novel, if things are going by too smooth and too predictable for me, it's kind of boring. I throw in a, a, a villain. I throw in a, a something that that almost doesn't relate to the story. And you're thinking, how does this relate to the main story? What's going on here? Did the writer totally screw up? And then, no, I didn't totally screw up, but you just have to pay attention to it and it kind of makes sense. So if it's getting too boring, I create an explosion, you know, something happens uh, out, <laughs> out of the blue and, it, but I don't, I don't do it for the right. I don't do it for the reader necessarily. I do it for me. Cause I, when I write my stories, I feel like I'm, I feel that I'm reading somebody else's story and I want to be entertained. I want to be blown away or even lost at, at times. That is so cool. That's an interesting perspective. It's kind of like the imperfect perfectionist method. I don't know if that is an actual method, but I just made it up. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the, the, that is so true. I, there's this one music artist. I think I spoke with him or anyways, but he, but he intentionally, if something is too smooth on the keyboard or too smooth while he's recording his song, he goes in and he messes it up. He breaks it down. He, and he says, well, no, I don't want it to, 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 I don't want the beats if he's rapping or whatever he's doing. He doesn't want it to be too precise. Or if, she, or if he's singing, he doesn't want it to, to flow all that well. So that might sound kind of counterintuitive to a lot of people. And they think, well, that's kind of crazy. But it kind of makes sense. It makes sense uh, because you don't, want to, you don't want to just see smooth lines on a paper. You want, you want lines to, uh, you know, if you're even looking at a work of art, why did the artist do this? I was going to say, in a way, it it's good that you do these exercises to force yourself to step out of your box or your boundaries because i would imagine you can correct me if i'm wrong but i would imagine sometimes as a novelist or a story creator it could be very easy to fall into a pattern yeah it definitely is it's easy and it's comfortable to fall into a pattern i mean i i have to i go through different levels i don't as, as a writer and so and some people just stay at one level and that's okay they can 
All right, this is not me telling other writers what to do. <laughs> if they're if they're if they're comfortable at writing boy meets girl type of story, and you know, boy meets girl, they they're in love with each other. Boy doesn't tell the girl about his dark secret. Girl breaks up. Oh oh, something bad happened. Then boy and girl get back <laughs> together again at the end of the story. That's a beautiful story, and people should write those stories. And that's okay if that's all that's all they want to write. But if you want to go a little bit deeper, you have to you have to say, okay, I'm telling a conventional story, a romance story. How can I change this? How could it be different? And and that requires a lot more time. It, it requires you just brainstorming, putting down the pen and paper or the keyboard, breaking conventional, uh, predictable patterns, and going in a different route. And that's that's uncomfortable for I think for a lot of people. But the the people that could do that. Hats off to them because they're 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 making something that's that's a little bit different. Yeah, and every now and then it's good to try something new. And speaking about trying something new and just like developing your writing style, have you noticed how you've changed over the years? So when you first started writing, how you told the story to what it is now, what would you say are the major differences? I say the major difference is being honest. Now, when I started off writing, things were fanciful. Things were I explored a lot, but I didn't, I wasn't as honest as I am right now. And that is very, very, very scary for a lot of writers. They, they don't want everything to be exposed. Even if they're writing a fictional story, uh, the good stories is when you kind of, you know, are emotional, you're in touch with your emotions and you put yourself into it. If it's a poem, if it's a love story or science fiction, uh, my, my forte is science fiction. Uh, it doesn't matter what you write, but as long as you put yourself in. But if you if you guard and you protect yourself, then you're going to come out with a guarded and protected story. It may do very well, but it is guarded and protected. What I what I've learned to do is I learned to to take off the mask, metaphorically speaking, allow people to come in and allow people to see things that may not be all that all that right or all that politically correct or all that uh, comfortable. But at least they get to know me as a person, and so I think I think that's I think that's the biggest the biggest change from how I was before and to how I am right now. And hopefully, those things are reflective on on the Poetic Earthlings podcast. And I would also imagine that it's a learning experience. You can only grow by learning. And yeah, if you and it sounds like you are very passionate enough to force yourself to learn, even if let's say I'm not saying that you do fail, but let's say you don't succeed in something, you take it as a learning opportunity. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I take it as definitely a learning opportunity. I, I don't, even if I'm writing something and the story is just not going anywhere. And that's and this happened before. Some people would just get really upset and they say, wow, look at that. I wasted so much time with this story. I don't, I, I don't think of that as a waste of time. I think about, well, you know, if, even if the story is broken and you can't really go that far in it, you've, you've learned. You know, you've learned your skills. You learn how to characters work a little bit better, how plot twists work, what plots work for a story and what doesn't, and the different foreshadowing that you do. And everything, everything is a matter of learning. I, I wrote something the other day ago it, when I was working on a particular podcast, just wasn't really going all that well. It, 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 the sound quality and everything and how it was put together wasn't going. Now, some people will look at that and say, wow, that was a waste of eight or two hours. Well, actually, it was about eight hours. Some of you say, well, that's a waste of eight hours. And I'll say, no, it wasn't. It was, 
I practiced for eight hours. That's the difference. So it's just a, just a mentality. I, I, it wasn't a waste because I practiced for those eight hours. Yeah. And then I could take what I've learned from those eight hours into something else. No, I just, I'm just impressed by the way you approach this. It's very similar to how I do this and I, I appreciate it and it's very admirable. Oh, thanks. And for, for, uh, I don't know if this is a tough question, but I feel like, you know what, you should be able to answer it. What would you say is the best part about being a novelist? I would imagine you'd say everything, but I'm sure you have more specific details as well. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. The best part for me of being a novelist is to create characters that I love and fear that I could associate with, that I could relate to. I even, I don't even like calling them characters. I'm calling them that just for the sake of the people listening. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to go too deep and lose everyone. I, but I call them, I call them people, you know, I, I call them people. I, I write all different types of characters, all different races, all different backgrounds, and they feel a part of my life. Even when I wrote the redneck book, as I referred to earlier, I love those people. Those people are amazing. There are, there are people that uh, I'm not a part of that culture whatsoever, but I love them. The, the people that I wrote in that story, the villains and the heroes, all of every, every one of them. So I feel a, a deep attachment. So I think that's what that's primarily what I get out of it. I could look at these people and I could learn from them and I could figure out how I could grow as a human being, how I could love more deep, how I could be more passionate. And so from the villains and the heroes, I, I learned from both. Now, this random question just popped up in my head, but are many of your stories connected? By connected, I mean, are they based in the same universes and you would have an element from one story that would appear in another one that would say, oh, they're not part of the same story, but they have... Oh, that one thing that is connected, showing like a hint. Yeah, there is, I, especially with the <laughs> podcast episodes and the ones that the ones that are going to be produced later on this year. There is a connective thread. I try to do it in a subtle way. I at least I at least I think it's subtle. But if you pay attention, if you are if you are a fabulous Earthling, as I like to say at times, if you if you really pay attention, then then you could hear the threads. You could hear the beats from one story to the other. Overall, though, poetic Earthlings itself, it's there is a thread involved in in all of the stories. Uh, but yes, but to answer your question, yeah, I do like to carry on certain certain elements and even some some sort of inside jokes. So if you if you were to pay attention with with the stories that I write or the stories that you listen to, there are some things that I, I may say intentionally again in another story. So yeah, there is a thread. So in other words, people have to listen to every single episode to truly enjoy all the <laughs> <Yeah>. stories. <laughs> yeah. All right, there you right. go. There you have it. Listen to <laughs> every the... single episode he has. Yes, this is a this is an order now. So <laughs> pause this episode, go listen to all his episodes, and then come back to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And and in that and in that way, they'll get the full idea of everything that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then they come back to this, like, where was I? Oh, yes, yeah. this part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for you, is there a novelist that inspires you? The Mark of the Lion series, Francine Rivers, it's, she's an incredible writer. That inspires me. It's, it's historical, historical fiction. I really enjoy her stories. Anne Rand, uh, she's incredible. May not agree to her philosophy. I, I'm not really, I don't really agree to her philosophies, but I enjoy her stories. The Fountainhead, um, Atlas Shrug. She's an, she's an incredible writer. So those two ladies, 
as far as I could, uh, as far as I could think of right now, uh, with their novels, those novels has, has inspired me as a writer. Well, shout out to them for bringing York here and making him follow his passion, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. And on a darker note or darker side, uh-oh. what are some misconceptions? Yeah, oh, what are some misconceptions <laughs> about people who are novelists? I think the misconception of of novelists is that they're they're wrapped in their own world, their own fortress of solitude, and that they are they're not very sociable. They have thoughts and things that that they've built around them. They've built a wall around them. I think that's a I think that's a misconception. Now there's there, you know, some there is a lot of writers that are they're not as assertive, I guess, or not as as sociable, I guess. But there, but in order, I think, to be an exceptional uh, writer is one that is sociable, is the one that goes out and and sparks conversations, and that involves him or or, or herself into the larger group. So. The misconception, I guess, is the the isolationist or the poet, if you will, because I know you talked about a novelist, but 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 the poet that that goes out on his on his own uh, and he is alone with his thoughts, looking at the mountains and and writing beautiful works as he's sipping on a on a vintage wine. It's a romantic view of writing. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that kind of romantic view in real life. The, the, <laughs> the, the you know the vintage wine thing, looking at a beautiful horizon and just writing, and but it's just not reality. But yeah, so that's that's some of the misconceptions. It might be hard to look on a beautiful horizon right now in Ottawa because of all the snow. Oh, all yeah. you see is white everywhere. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Yeah. There's that. So right now, there, yeah, it's in the middle of January right now while we're recording this. And there's a lot of snow. It just, we just had a heavy snowfall yesterday. So oh, yeah. yeah, the yeah. horizon is hidden. <laughs> it, 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 it definitely is. My, my son looked at it and there was a huge... Uh, well, there's tons and tons of snow just outside of where we live, like a huge, I guess, boulder of snow. And we can hardly mm-hmm. see uh, the Freshco department store where we're close to where we live. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot of snow over here. So it's a perfect time to record this podcast and also listen to podcasts. <laughs> it is. It is. Everyone should be listening to podcasts, especially your podcast. <laughs> so And yours per- as well. Per- oh, thank you. <laughs> Remember, they have to listen to half of mine, then go listen to all of yours, and then come back to finish this one. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's right. <laughs> that's what everyone should do. For you, how did being a novelist slash writer have an impact on your perspective on life? Understanding people better, not being judgmental or not being not accusing, stepping back and seeing things from different points of view. I hearken back to the story that I, that I wrote about... Uh, the thriller that takes place in the South, in the U.S., in, the, in a Southern state. And when, when you hear that story, or when you, you know, probably on the podcast or, or if you read it, it's really easy to pass judgment and to say, well, these people are narrow-minded and they're a bunch of rednecks and they don't know anything. And then you just kind of discard them. You discard all of them. And I don't think that's right. Uh, so I think the, the best thing the best approach from what I learned as being a writer is to, is to hear them out. Even if it's ideas that, that, go, that goes against the grain of your own ideas, to hear them out and to see where they're coming from. I wrote this one story, and it will be in the podcast, 
uh, and it's it's about uh, it's about a neighbor who's who, who's a racist. And then all of a sudden you think, well, I'm not going to listen to anything that a racist says. Okay, and if you want to throw him away, then you then you can, but you're doing it you're doing a disservice. When you get into into his background, you think, okay, he's a farmer and he's afraid because other people from are moving into his area. He's afraid of losing uh, out on on his culture. He's afraid of losing out on on income and different things. So he's protective. And so we understand why. We, I don't agree to it, obviously not, but we understand why he's that, he's, he's that protective. He doesn't want anyone else in his area. He's, he's afraid of outsiders. He sees them as a threat. He sees it as a threat to his family, as his, to his family lineage as well. So the best thing that I've learned is understanding. Even if you disagree with somebody, just the idea of understanding where they're coming from can actually help make, let's say, a conversation smoother. You don't have, like you said, you don't have to agree with everything that everybody says. You don't even have to agree with me right now. You could disagree with everything I say as long as we listen to each other, as you said. That's the important thing. And this is how we come together. See, I, okay, I don't like what you do, but there's something like the author you're saying that you don't necessarily agree with her philosophy, but you do enjoy her books, which oh, is yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah. And, and, and today it's hard to, it's hard for people to do that. It, 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 it takes a lot. I mean, there are certain, if, if I listen to a particular artist, a particular rapper or a particular whoever it is, I'm not necessarily going to like everything that that person does. I, I'm still able to say I like these things and I don't like these things. But now in, I guess, the cancel culture, uh, if somebody does one wrong thing, then they just then they then they throw that person away. You almost have to be a heavenly angel. Cannot do anything wrong. Cannot make any any kind of mistake whatsoever, in order for you to be included in a particular group. And but if you make a mistake, then then you're gone. So people it goes back to what I said. We have our good. We have our we have our bad. And there's light and darkness. And we just need to we just need to understand that not everyone's going to be doing things in the right way all the time. There needs to be a level of grace. There needs to be a level of tolerance. And I think in our current society, that's what we're lacking from both political sides, from all different, from all different groups. We're lacking that understanding. Come on, world. Let's come together and understand. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. And now talking about like disagreement or just the idea of something that's not necessarily pleasant. Has writing novels or stories or just being a writer ever stressed you out? And if so, what do you do to relax? I think the, the biggest stress factor, not just writing, but people that are involved in music as well in the arts, is when the art form starts to control the artist. It's a really dangerous, I think it's really dangerous, that you could get your feeling of, of, of accomplishment or feeling of self-esteem self-worth from your art and that if you're not continuously working on your Picasso, I mean, working, being, being like Picasso, working on, working on your famous <laughs> drawing, if you're not in the studio recording, recording the number one hit song, if you're not in your writing cave, pulling out the number one best-selling book, then your self-worth is depleted. And that's not, and that's not right. Sometimes the art form could control the writer could control the artist. And sometimes I, I, I struggle with that. I have to say to myself, well, I'm not getting, this is not, I, I'm writing and this, I, I enjoy the stories that I do, but this is not 
who I am, there still has to be a separation. And it's dangerous if there's not. It's dangerous if you feel that you always have to be doing your art form. If you're, if you're not doing it, then you are, that you are not fulfilling your, your goal in, in life. It, so that's the danger. And just to answer your question, I guess, yeah, that is the danger when you feel that the art form is controlling the artist and there's no, there's no, no separation. I feel that the artist always has to be, has to, has to be somewhat in control of, of the art form that he or she is putting out into the world. I, com- I couldn't agree with you more because it, it, it's so easy for it to just dominate your life. So you have to understand, all right, I have to put limits and boundaries. All right, this is what I'm doing. Don't let it just control me. And actually speaking of controlling and having something take over your mindset, has other people's opinions or criticism have an impact on how you write your novels? I think it does. I, I like to say other people's criticism, if, it's, if you're talking about a negative criticism, I like to, you know, say to say to the people listening to your podcast, no, it doesn't have, it doesn't affect me. It does, it does, it does affect you because when you're putting out, when I'm putting out my 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 stories, I like them to connect with people. I like people to hear it. Uh, negative criticism itself is fine, but it's, it's it depends on how that criticism is. If it's if it's something that's extremely negative where they say that you are a horrible human being because you wrote this. I'll give you a better example. I wrote a book a while, a while back and I gave it or to a friend, uh, to a friend of mine, an, an older lady that I respect a lot. She read the book and the following week she was offended. She didn't tell me what she was offended about. She says, I read your book and I am offended. That's so what she said. I am offended. And then she handed me back the book. And I said to her, well, what were you offended about? She said, I don't want to talk about it. I am offended. And so that hurt because it hurt. It's okay if she doesn't like the book, but it, it would have been great from this older lady that I respect. It would, be, it would have been amazing if she would have said, okay, these are the parts that I disagree with. How can you mention this person? How can you mention, how can you mention this situation? I'm offended that you, that, you, that you said this in this part. But she, she didn't articulate anything. So I was left with a person that was that was outraged about something that I wrote something that I wrote so what I did is I went through the book and and I was figuring out I wonder what part she disagreed with was it this character was it this setting and I said to myself you know what this is just not worth it she's not telling me the parts that she was offended about and I'm assuming she's probably offended about this character or this situation I'm not going to do that I'm going to it's not it's not constructive she didn't give me constructive criticism to go on she was offended and she handed me back the book. So I'm just going to leave it as that. So yeah, that's what I... That's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Definitely. I was just going to say, hopefully next time that somebody does take a look at your stuff, they do give like constructive feedback, constructive feedback, whether it's good or bad. But it's just an idea to just for you to get a general uh, perspective on how other people perceive your book. If they just say, I don't like it. Why? I don't want to talk about it. It's kind of like, well, then... I won't necessarily take that to improve later on. So for you, what would you say was your biggest challenge when you first started your hobby? My biggest challenge when I started off is having things that I could say that would, that would help me to grow as a person. Now, I started, started writing when I, was, when I was really, really, really young. 
started writing stories when I was when I was about eight years old, seven or eight years old. I didn't I didn't really I didn't really know much back then. And so I wrote a lot of science fiction, a lot of interesting, quirky stories. But that was, I guess, later on, it was how does this relate to me and how can I grow as a person? That was a challenge. And do you currently have somewhat of the same challenge today or is it uh, changed? I think it's changed. I feel I feel whenever whenever I write a story, I check off all the boxes. Why am I writing the story for? What what is this about? Is there a different angle? If even if it's the same story, is there a different angle that that I could work on? So no, uh, that that particular struggle of of how of how does it relate to me or how how can I change as a person? That's not that's not there anymore. I guess the other challenge. Uh, would be is to get rid of the the negative voices in my mind. We all go through that. We go through voices of like, well, you know, what you're writing is is not very good, or you're wasting your time, and and who's going to read your work? Who's going to listen to your material, anyways? Uh, we go through some sort of imposter syndrome here and there, and so so that could be that could definitely be a struggle. That the struggle is you overcoming your yourself, uh, you not not listening to the negative stories. Because sometimes we have negative stories, not stories on paper, but stories that we've concocted, uh, and we go into a belief system, a belief system that okay, well, this is who I am. Well, not necessarily. This is what you've this is what you've pieced together. The negative story that you've pieced together about yourself, and that that holds us back. And is and. And when I sit down, it's just and write a story. I can't listen to all to all of the negative stories in my head, putting me down and saying, "Well, no one's going to listen to you. This is not very good." So I guess that's the biggest challenge. Biggest challenge is to is to overcome the negative voices. And of course, yeah, you gotta just life. Life is about highs and lows. You can't always have highs, and you don't necessarily always have lows. It's about just understanding that there's things that they're gonna, there are things that are going to happen. I can't speak right now. Yeah. <laughs> there are things that are gonna happen, and you have to just learn how to react. It's adapt and survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And on this idea of highs and lows, what would you say? Well, not what would you say, but do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? My word of advice, if you're interested in writing novels, is to be extremely, extremely honest and ask good questions. Some people just go into writing and they say, well, I just want to write a story and I just want to write how I feel and which is fine if they want to do that. And there's nothing wrong with them doing that, but I but I always think it's good to to ask questions first and to, and to say, why am I why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing this am I writing this because I'm seeking approval? I'm seeking approval from from other people. Uh, is it because something is broken inside of me and I want people to accept me? That goes into our life story. If we feel that we weren't very good at a certain thing, am I, am I writing because I want other people to say, oh, you know what? You wrote a good story. You're, you're doing a very good job. So the motivation or the in, you have to write with intention. You have to figure out why am I doing this. I, I think that's I think that's the biggest advice that I would that I would give somebody. And also, as I said, to make the story in a way that's personal to you and that's very honest. Even if it's just a love story, even if it's just a sci-fi story as well, just just make it personal and put yourself into it. 
And then you'll come out on the other side with something that that you could be proud of, even if even if you don't get the the Canadian best uh, on the Canadian bestseller list or international bestseller. But just just as long as you like the story, as as long as you can go back to the story and you say, yeah, you know what, I I could identify with this character, I or I could identify with this poem that I wrote or this or this situation, and and, and this is a benefit to me, and then that's fine. I think that's I I, I think that's that's an accomplishment right there. And it goes back to the idea that you're never going to satisfy every single person. It's kind of like this podcast. I know in every single episode, no one's going to listen to every episode because some person might like being writing novels while they don't like, let's say, pole dancing or walking or equestrianism. Like those are episodes I had and I know they're and heavy metal that just goes on like people like different things. And that's the idea that you make what makes you happy. And whether you get a thousand or a million people listening or watching or reading or just one person or no, no one at all, as long as you enjoyed doing it, yeah, that's what's that's, important. That's definitely what's important. I mean, some, some people may skip on, on, on your pole dancing episode, definitely, because they say, what? Pole dancing? This is outrageous. I'm not going to listen to something about pole dancing. And then, and then they secretly <laughs> listen to it like, okay, I want to learn. That's right. That's right. But you know, you know, so sometimes I think we, we I think we we box ourselves in a little bit too much, and we and we're all about the algorithm. What I mean by this is uh, when I, when I started off with poetic earthlings with the Twitter poetic earthling, I was caught in an algorithm, not of my own choosing. I typed in because I wanted to reach out to people because I had zero people. <laughs> Obviously, you know, you start off, you have zero or one or whatever. You're trying to build an audience. So all what was coming back to me is people of my of, of my own ethnicity. I'm like, no. Like Twitter, Twitter catches you in an algorithm. And so I said, I'm going to intentionally break out of that. So I typed in Chinese poets, Aboriginal writers. You know, I, I typed in uh, any, any group that you could imagine, any group that you could imagine. I typed it in to break out of the algorithm because I don't want to just hear from Black authors and Black poets. So now if you look at my Twitter, it's from everyone. It's, it's from, from even from political parties that I totally disagree with. I, I go out of my way and reach out to political parties here in Canada and also in the U.S. that I that I that I, that I disagree with. I, I do that intentionally, intentionally, because I do not want to be in a bubble. I don't want to have the the echo chamber where you just you're hearing your own opinions back at you. So I think it's important. Not everyone is comfortable in doing that, and if you're not comfortable, then that's fine. But I think it's I think it's a lot more interesting world when you when you break out of the algorithm that even Netflix puts you on. Netflix also puts you in an algorithm. You like this particular movie, like this particular show, or we're going to show you more of that. Just say no. I'm going to type in something that is completely <laughs> weird. I'm going to type in only Korean only Korean movies. I'm going to type in Korean movies, and you know, and then that breaks you out, and then you say, okay, well. Korean TV mm-hmm. shows and movies are pretty good, just as an example. And then, and then you say, well, I'm going to try this, uh, this, other, this other type of movie or another show. And if you do that consistently, then I believe if you're a writer and, uh, and would be novelist, you, you become more creative. Uh, speaking about the Korean TV shows, it wouldn't be too weird in our house because my wife is Korean. So the algorithm oh, would be I like, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've never mentioned, uh, like, never saw, took a picture of her, so no one knows what she looks like. She's a mystery. And in regards to staying out of the bubble, I completely agree with you. So I'm half black, half white. And growing up, I was always, oh, you're 
white to the black people or black to the white people and never really fit in. So that was like my life algorithm trying to cast me into a box. And with this podcast was that idea that, you know what, I'm just going to talk to everybody and anybody. And basically it's whoever sends me a message like, all right, cool. Let's do a podcast. I don't ask of their political background, where they're like, where they stand on religion or anything like that. You have a hobby, you're passionate about it. All right, let's talk. Oh, that's good. That's, that's, that's great as well. I mean, I try not, I, I do the same thing. And also in, in, in terms of even being black, some people say, well, you're, you're not, you know, you're not black enough. And, and I always have to say, well, what is, what does that mean to be black enough? Cause I don't speak the, the, the lingo necessarily. And I don't have the, you know, what they may perceive as a swagger, uh, but that's just a stereotype. It's important to understand it and the stereotype that is, and to, if you want to break out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm half black and I can play basketball, right? Yeah. 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 That's how it works. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, we can go on. This is becoming a political podcast about Uh-oh. the experience. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with that. This podcast is open to anything. But once again, it's all about you and your experience. And this played an important role on how you became a writer. Yes. yes and yes. how you share your story with people, which is always important to share mm-hmm. because I know there's a lot of people out there listening saying, okay, well, I don't fit in the mold of whether, whether it's my own ethnicity, my own religion, my own community. I want to <laughs> see, because people are allowed to have different interests. Just because you're from a certain area, you are a certain ethnicity, doesn't mean you're restricted to like that. Only things that are stereotypical from that group of people you're allowed to like everything you're a human like whatever you like do what you want whatever you want to do do things that make you happy this sounds like a p like a an announcement like yes this is a school education program do what you need to do to make you happy but uh yes back to you and your novelists and your writing we talked about this at the beginning do you have any websites or social media links that you'd like to share so people can come see your amazing story and your storytelling ability your podcast and everything well, the biggest way to get a hold of me is poeticearthlings.com. I kept it very simple because I have ADHD. <laughs> I didn't tell you that before. And so I try to keep my life uh, in a simple way. So poeticearthlings.com, or you could get a hold of me on Twitter. I'm at poeticearthling. Very, very simple. I return all of your messages. If you friend me on Twitter, I will, I will follow, I'll follow you as well. You follow me, I'll follow you back, definitely. So that's the best way to get a hold of me. My show is bi-weekly. So every two weeks, you're going to receive uh, a brand a brand new episode of Poetic Earthlings. We're in, we're, I'm, in, I'm in the new season right now. Ooh, perfect. But by the time this comes out, you must be like in the third, in the next season after. <laughs> this, is, this is coming out in a few months. Oh, but in yes. a few months. Okay. Yeah, yeah, probably by then. But yes, I'll put all that information in the description below so everybody can go check that out. Support York. And just follow his podcast, follow his stories. He's a very friendly person. And I completely agree that if you connect with him on Twitter, he will get back to you, have a friendly conversation. And this is all about the community aspect, not just because him and I are in the same city, even online. He's very friendly. Oh, thank you very much. Now for the last question. Do you have any questions for me about being a writer or novelist? Yeah, for yourself, I I really wanted to ask you questions about your music. I know this is a little bit off topic, but you're, you're, you, you are, you write songs or you're into music as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've taken a break for now for doing this podcast, but yeah, I've been doing it for 10 years and I would walk, I started back in high school and I would walk around with a book 
and just write whenever I was inspired, like, oh, I'm inspired by this, and then erase, and I still have the book here. It's dated. Actually, it's more than 10 years, from 2008, but it was just dated, and I'm like, oh, cool, and looking back, and it's it's cringy, but fun to read, thinking this is where it all started. Yeah, are, are you going to get back into that, into music, and what kind of music? Uh, so I, every now and then I do open up my program to create some instrumentals and I do write, I try to record a song, I think a month ago or so, where I did three verses. I'm bad at making courses, but I did three verses in the end of each uh, line and it rhymed with the word nation. Oh, so kind of like, why do we live? So it's like three verses of that. And there's a lot of words that rhyme with nation. Yeah, there is. And uh, yeah, I like to challenge myself, whether it's doing that like wordplay with words that rhyme constantly throughout the entire song, or I try to do it fast. The type of music I do. Um, I like to do uplifting music, the ones that like keep you going and the ones that make you feel like you're on top of the world or on top of a mountain. Oh, that's great. And for the instrumentals I do, I do hip hop. I try to do like hip hop with like classical or orchestra, like scores and movies. I like oh, that yeah, feeling. Yeah, like, I like that as well. And that's, that's, that's definitely my style. And, uh, no, like for me, for the inspiration for how I write, it's just random. Like, All right, let's do this. And Actually, a question for you. How many of your things that you, let's say, you started and then left in the bank and then came back to it maybe, let's say, months later or a year later or so? A lot of things. I don't destroy anything. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I keep everything, even even the writing that's embarrassing. I, I used to write a whole bunch of rap songs back in the day, back in back in Toronto on CKLN Radio, uh, the Fantastic Voyage show. That's really, really old school. I'm, I'm one of the pioneers of of hip hop music in Toronto, uh, but uh, all all of my early early songs, all of my early stories as well, I keep them, and yeah, I, I come back to I come back to it. I say, you know what, this was really weird, or this didn't go anywhere, but now I have the capability of making it into something better. There's some ideas that I have where it's a good idea. I'm just not ready yet as a writer. I haven't trained yet. Uh, I'm not there. And but I know that I'm I'm going to be there eventually, and it's going to be back on the show, or it's going to be on the podcast, or it's going to be in a book form. And I just have to dust it off, take it off the shelf, repair whatever whatever is broken, make it make it a little make it a little bit better than how it was. So a lot of them, I have a lot of stories that like that. So I I, I don't want to step the boundaries here, but is there anywhere where people can find your music? Well, I wish I still had. I wish I still had the music. <laughs> I wrote. I wrote and produced. I was a part of a group back back in the day, and when when hip hop was very very young in Toronto, very very young. Everyone knew. I knew Maestro Fresh West. I knew everyone knew everyone because things were, were things were not like how it is today. But I kept those songs on. I didn't. It was it was played on the radio on CKLN, and there's another radio station in Toronto. I forgot what that one is right now. But no, I don't have them online. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I guess I'm not up with the new technology of putting out my songs online. <laughs> so no, I don't, I don't have any of those that, that could be easily accessed on my website or, any, or anywhere else. Well, if he does, if York does decide to make some new music and put it on the website and between now and when this episode is going to be released, uh, if he's up to it, I'll share it with you guys. Uh, if he's not, then you don't, you have, you heard nothing. I said nothing <laughs> at all. This is, this is a figment of your imagination. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. 
But uh, so, so yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, York, for coming on. Hey, Alex, thank you just, very much. You, you you do an amazing job here with your show. And I I don't. This is my first time on an interview, and this is, and I'm glad that I chose yours. I wouldn't choose it if I didn't like the show, if I didn't like the the, the host as well. And so it's a winning combination. I like the show and I like you. You you're the reason that I listen to the show. <laughs> if it wasn't if it wasn't for if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't I would definitely not be listening. So 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 thank you very much. So in that case, we definitely have to meet now. There's probably uh, just I think there's a bunch of like new podcast events happening in Ottawa in the future where there's like meetups and stuff like that. And you know what? We're we're friends now. It's official. You can't take it back. Yeah, that's right. It's that's right. <laughs> And uh, yeah, you're very friendly too. And I, I just love the energy you brought. And so I'm like, you know what? I need this guy on the podcast and I'm always here to support other podcasters and other people who are passionate about their hobbies. And of course, as well, people from Ottawa. So you checked off all those. So it was perfect. Okay. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. So if you guys want to learn more about York, go check him out in the description below. I'll put all the links there so you can support him and follow his journey. Now, if you'd like to be on this podcast or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you really enjoy this podcast, uh, you can leave a like, review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or anywhere that it's applicable because those really do help. And just recently, I say this recently, but it came out a few months ago when you're listening to this, I, I am selling some merchandise now for Time for Your Hobby logo on things you didn't know you didn't need, like pretty much everything, shower curtains and bath mats why not but there's more appropriate things like t-shirts and stuff like that so you can go check that out the link it will be in the description below on my main website it will be a merch section so you can go check that out but if you don't want it don't buy it the podcast is still free don't need to worry about that so once again thank you so much york oh you're welcome thanks a lot alex so until the next episode make some time for your hobby take care <laughs> <laughs>